We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast. You are home for all things college football betting. Talking DFS, against the spread, overs, unders, all of it. We even do Debbie. I'm really excited for this week. We've got week one here upon us. Matthew? Wait, are there how are you doing? games in week one? This this week one, there is, are games. Is there anything worth watching? Like, I mean... Any any games worth watching? Both our both our clubs have some uh, rather large uh, games coming up this weekend. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a uh, an important week for college football because two of the top five—I mean, technically, I guess three of the top five teams—will probably have their playoff resume decided based on this week. Like if if Georgia goes undefeated this year and loses to Alabama, but has a win over Oregon their resume is going to beat every other one-loss team very likely because they're out of conference schedule. And if Ohio State goes undefeated, um, other than let's say they drop to, I'm going to say Penn State. Let's say they lose to Penn State because uh, I don't want to lose to Michigan back-to-back years. Um, but if they lose to Penn State and like they're against another one-loss team, that Notre Dame win would be incredibly important. And if they lose, then um they don't have a high profile non-conference win but yeah i think ohio state could lose this week and still get in but if they win this week it puts them in like the driver's seat to be the absolute favorite in any tiebreaker scenario uh, i think that's true i'm excited man uh, there's a lot of fun games uh we're recording wednesday night this will be out for you either later tonight or first thing thursday so you might be listening to this on the day of Pitt, West Virginia. I'm excited for that one, too. Little, Are we still allowed it's to call backyard. it the backyard brawl? Uh, is that too aggressive? I don't know. They stopped calling it the shootout, no. so a Red River shootout. There's a changed. minor difference between gun <laughs> and punching people in the face. Oh, speaking of, of that, we said last week that we were entering fisticuffs. It wasn't a full-blown fight, but I won. And I you wanted to and after last year, where I think I lost uh, 95% of our head-to-heads, it's uh, nice to get my one win up and on the board early. So that was it, that now officially. It, so we, I discussed it briefly last week about how I was concerned that because I didn't band the SEC power rating to like be within a range, that it was going to come back to bite me. 100% did. 
because mm. they should not, even if they're atrocious right now in the preseason power ranking, you should never have a, uh, you should never have a, an sec team in the same realm as a bottom tier mountain West team. And that was a mistake. So, Hey, but now you've adjusted. We're moving I'm only on. We're going to do it like We're six calibrating. more times this week. <laughs> Don't I'm, say only that. doing it like three or four times. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. What was uh, what was your favorite thing about uh, watching football last week, other than just watching football? What game did you get into? What bet were you sweating? What one particular thing uh, kind of resonates so, from week zero? He cost me a bet, and it's uh, Scott Frost proving that the reason why Nebraska is the best team that has like an atrocious record um, is just because they're really poorly coached. Um, I feel bad saying that because I'm not going to root for a guy to lose his job, but October 1st, when his buyout drops, is there any way he maintains his job at this point? I mean, they have to go play like they have to win their next few games all handily. Um, for him, is to the Oklahoma game before that? I think so. So if he then, beats yeah, Oklahoma, that's the he'll only keep path. his job. He, he can't beat Oklahoma and then get fired. I mean, I guess he could try it. But, <laughs> I mean, um, it's just one of those things like they were up by 11. They were playing oh, yeah. pretty well. And then he just decides to do an onside kick where like, I mean, if it works great, you get the ball and you like, yeah, you can really step on their throat, I guess. But if you're playing as well as you are right there, it's still only a two score game. Don't all of a sudden basically give them, make it a one score game. I think you're playing well enough that you don't want to put your your lead, which realistically that's what they were doing. They're putting their lead down to a situation where it's the bounce of a ball. And I, yeah, because I mean, I obviously I had them minus four or I had a minus 13 last week. And when they were up by 11, boy, did I feel okay about that one. Right. I really, I thought we were going to coast to like an 18 point cover or an 18 point win with a nice easy cover um but yeah an onside kick and i'm just sitting there going cool 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 um so that was a disappointment um yeah i was on the under i was on the under on that game myself and so uh, it didn't take long before i realized i i was i was gonna get the l on that one (laughs) i will say so i was real happy because so our dfs last week um, I went through late and I discussed Isaiah Garcia Castanado and I was really happy I did so because if you're listening here, shout out to you, uh, listener. Um, and I want to say your handle cause I'll get it wrong. Um, and they may not want out. us to say their handle. <laughs> they may not want it to be said. Um, but shout out to you for, uh, taking that pick, making him the captain of your showdown matchup and, yeah, won won a tournament using that as his his play. I love um, it. So I, I mean, I would say overall it was a it was a fun week. I, I mean, I I had a rough first start. We're gonna we're gonna bounce back here shortly. Um, but I'll just be honest in saying like it it was just a whole lot of fun having college football back. And um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I had so much fun um, watching games that like if they were on this upcoming week or next week, I probably wouldn't be uh, as dialed in as I was. There'd be other games that would be, there'd be other games I'd be watching like uh, Oregon, Georgia, for example. Um, Although I'm not all that excited about that game. I'm, I, we're going to get some great. Nah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome Dan Lanning. Your former team is going to curb stomp. And uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, one fun story. My buddy Eric was at a casino. Shout out to Eric. Um, and he, uh, he, he, it was the halftime of the Utah State-UConn game, which if you recall, I was on uh, Utah State minus 26. Whoops. Um, but he was like, dude, the, the book here is, is messed up. The, they're saying um, Utah State minus 10. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, Utah State minus 10. It's on the board. So it's like, you need to go hammer that. And so he did. And he sent me, um, well, we did. I sent him money. I know that's not allowed, but I did it anyway. No one's listening. Um, but anyway, I, uh, it's he, called sent a proxy. Me, he sent the ticket stub to me and it was the second half play. So I was like, God damn it. Now I need Utah state to, and they didn't. <laughs> so I lost a significant amount of money on Utah state, UConn twice. Um, but shout out to you, Eric. I loved it. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, good you got stuff. to sweat. You had a fun yeah. sweat there. No, yeah, exactly. It was like football is back. Football is like I'm sweating a Utah State UConn game. This is fantastic. Let's go. Um, one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about before we kind of jump into our picks and then go into DFS uh, picks of the week. But. Yes, um, two big games. We've already mentioned them: Oregon versus Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Um, what do you think? I think you have a plan. Do you have a plan either of these games? Yeah, I have a heart play. Okay. Well, uh, save that, I guess, for later. Um, no, but what 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 do you think happens in this game? Which okay, so we'll say Oregon, Georgia. Um, I want to see Oregon come out and like really impress, but with the system they're going to be running, because um, they brought in Dillingham. Is that his name from? Yeah, Kenny Dillingham from Florida State. Um, and they have a defensive-minded head coach. I I see them kind of being Cristobal-ish, remaining that they're going to try and be a, a light version of Georgia. They probably have the talent to hang with like 80% of the SEC teams. But if we're just being honest, I think in the trenches, Georgia's going to hold a pretty significant advantage on both sides of the ball, even if Oregon is very good. Um, the perk is, isn't, so is Oregon State's defense right now, the expectation is it's the back end that's going to be the concern, right? Oregon's secondary? secondary? Yeah. Yeah. Our, our deep, like, even though we lost Kayvon Thibodeau to the draft, we have a very, very good defensive line. And I would ridiculous say linebackers. our linebackers, we probably return one of the best uh, trios in the country. So, um, Justin so Flo's back, back healthy. Yeah. yeah, we we are going to be... Um, it, it could be rough in, in the secondary to start but the year. at least you're going up against Stetson Bennett. You're not going up against like Justin Fields. So Stetson I would say, Bennett is the highest priced quarterback in DFS this week. It's and an it's ridiculous. That's a, bad, that's a bad model. Cause they also still don't have elite receiver. Like they have talent at wide receiver. That's elite, but they really, none of them are producers. So I wouldn't, I'm not stay away from Georgia offense. And as I, I think if you're going to get the way that Georgia is going to produce, and this is, they're going to pass just enough to run the ball really effectively. I do think this will be a lower scoring game. To be honest, as much as I, I like Georgia as a team, and I think they're probably the third best team in the country. And I think there's a gap between three and four. I mean, I'm terrified to put money down on this Georgia in this game, in this spot, just because like it, it's hard to win by 17 points when you're talking about a total that's um, 53 now, I think. 
So it's 50. I mean, that's still like 17 points on a 53 point game is it's not easy unless you're really pulling off a shutout. And I don't see Oregon getting shut out here. I just don't see it being a. I think this will just be an ugly game. And that's where I like. So I'm I'm not playing either side. If I if I have a lean, it's a lean on Oregon. Um, but yeah, I think right now that I, I don't think I'm immediately saying Oregon's dead, but I just don't know that they have the talent and the trend, the talents at offensive line to do enough to like keep Bo Nix alive. Um, and then I, you guys don't really have, you have good receivers, but I don't know that any of them are explosive enough that you're going to be able to. I would say we re- have a very, very good receiver core we just don't utilize them or the yeah. past regimes have not utilized them but there's so it'll be we're I three mean, or i mean we're all, they're all four and five star guys that doesn't necessarily so. make them explosive um true um i do think you'll be fine i think the game will be ugly i <laughs> it it might be a game that you turn off after half because you can just tell what's going to happen so We'll see. I, I'm rooting for that not to be the case. I would love for this to be close all the way until the fourth quarter. And to be honest, if there's anyone defensively that is going to know the the weak spots of this team, I would say Lanning is the right guy. And I mean, it, it, it's worth noting, like Georgia lost almost their entire defense. So right. it is it is conceivable that they're going to just be a little bit weaker there. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with all that. I think it's a low-scoring game, but I could still see... Uh, Georgia covering the 17, 17 and a half, depending on when you got it. Uh, yeah. Just because um, I think about, I look back to those, those two games against Utah last year um, where we were not the most physical team and we got, we got beat badly in both of those. Uh, so I, I could see something like that happen. Uh, but even in one of those, the total ended up being under because it was like, 44 to seven or something like that, you know? So, um, so it could still happen. Um, let's kind of, what do you want to do? Do you want to get a break and then get into the picks of the week? Or is there anything else you want to talk about before we get going? So there's one other game and I want to briefly talk about it because it's my team and I want to talk about it for a minute. Um, Ohio state, it's their, it's sort of their redemption game for them because yes, by most people's standards, a 10 win season is really, really good for Ohio state standard. It's atrocious. They had a really bad year. Um, and the teams that beat them are kind of clones of this team that they're playing against this weekend. So I do think it's it'll be an interesting thing to watch to see what is called, I would just say, the Jim Knowles effect to their defense. So they brought in Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, um, and turned him into the head coach of the defense and essentially got rid of every defensive coaching or every defensive coaching staff member with the exception of. Larry Johnson. And so what is going to be the uh, immediate impact to an off season with Jim Knowles, um, who it is worth noting scouted Notre Dame as his final game with Oklahoma state. He scouted them prepped up a defensive game plan. And now his opening game is against Notre Dame. So there should be at least hopefully some carryover from that research he did, but obviously the talent differential is a little bit is enough that maybe he's going to implement some different things. So I think it's just worth watching. Um, should be a good game. I will have a play on it later. There we go. So. Love, I'd love to hear that. I did just want to quickly say um, I have a couple of week, um, a future bets that are going to hit this 
um, well, not hit this week. Hopefully they hit this week. No, they're going to hit this week. Um, But uh, I'm obviously not playing all of them now as well. So I have under 51 in Georgia, Oregon. I wish I would have waited because it's actually gone up to 53. So betting early kind of hurt me there. Um, Louisville, Syracuse is one that I have at minus three. It's currently at minus four. Um, I will still hit that at minus four. I think they win by a touchdown. And then Penn State minus three at Purdue. Uh, Those ones will all be this week. Uh, So we'll get to know uh, pretty early if my of those future bets uh, are going to hit or not. So uh, we can only hope. We can only hope. Yay. Yeah. All right. Let's hit the break. And then when we come back, uh, we will get into week one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yes, it's time. Week one is here. You have a, oh, I'm on the wrong sheet because my computer froze on me. Give me a second. I was about to say you have a two and a half unit play, but that was um, not for this week. That was a future bet. You do have a two a two unit play. Again, just for all of you guys who are new here, we each have 10 units that we can distribute into any amount of picks that we want. We can put as many units on any play that we have, but we only have 10 to play with each and every week. So where are you starting, Matt? Give me your two-unit play, please. Well, you, let's start off, because you have some earlier. Oh, that's so true. So let's not p- let keep 
let's let's go a little bit in chronological order. Let's hit the, the early week games. Um, you do have, I believe, you have a Thursday night play. Um, you may have already said, is that the Penn State game? Let's see. That might be. Yeah, I think Penn State is. Yep. So Thursday, uh, Penn State, Purdue. Yeah. So I am on Penn State for sure in this one. Um, Penn State minus three and a half. I feel very, very good about this. I have this. I mean, it's just a one unit play, but I have a lot of bets this week. So there's only one bet that is not one unit, um, but minus three and a half. And I got that at plus 100 over on Fox bet. So it's a, you know, you're not losing any money to juice, which I always like. Um, if you look at the last 10 games, um, just head to head, Penn State against the spread is six, three and one. That sounds pretty decent to me. That sounds like a really great uh, trend to look at. Not only that, their record straight up is just nine and one. And when you're looking at such a small spread, like three and a half, yeah, of course, Penn State could lose by a couple of points. Um, but I just feel like history, um, well, doesn't always, especially for me, I'm not one who really puts a whole lot of weight or as much weight into trends as other people. Uh, but these two teams play each other an awful lot. And I just think Penn State is a lot better. Now, Purdue with Aiden O'Connell, I think um, he was like ranked second in the Big Ten in a lot of passing categories. I don't really care, to be honest. I think he's really good. I think Penn State's, um, and even that he's really good for a Big Ten, not Ohio State quarterback. You know, like, I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's going to be like some amazing pro. I think he's just a better than average college football quarterback. Um, and so I think Penn State secondary, which is very good, their defense, which is very good, is going to be able to take care of them. And I know they've had struggle on offense, Penn State, that is, um, over the past couple of years. I think the youngster, the freshman singleton coming in is going to change that. And maybe that's naive, uh, but I really believe that uh, Clifford is good enough um, to help Penn State win this game. So I feel very confident on this one. I'm doing uh, Penn State minus three and a half. Um, I've, we've talked about this play a fair bit today, you and I, it makes me nervous. I think there, I, I know one play you put down was an alt, an alt line on minus six. Um, yeah, that I played that personally myself and that was at plus one thirty. Yeah. So I kind of like, I, there's a part of me that really likes the alt line because I think that, um, there's a, a decent chance that either, Purdue wins this game outright or um, uh, or like Penn State wins in a blowout. Sorry, I'm like multitasking right now, which is a terrible strategy for me because I am too. My son is texting me asking if he can have a bowl of Lucky Charms and we're like, about to, eat, no? we're about to eat dinner. I'm like, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, anyway, so uh so I, I do I I like this play in theory. I think that if I were on the field, I think I make Penn State a slight favorite. I'm a little bit concerned about them because like offensively they've really struggled recently. Um so I do wonder about this. And honestly, it it, it is meaningful to say that the better quarterback in this game plays for Purdue. Um and while I think Nick Sickle, Singleton will provide a spark in this. I, I still wonder if if they're gonna have a running game this year. If Penn State's really gonna be have a meaningful part to the running game. So I yeah, I mean I guess for me my only concern in this one is that I think Purdue is a live dog to win it outright. 
So that's why I would probably lean towards if I'm going to make this bet, I might actually just go look for alternative lines and push it up to like six or seven um, or six or six and a half and see if I can get um, plus money on it because there's probably a little more value there because I don't think the most likely outcome in this is a three point win for Penn state or a, I'm sorry, what do you have it at four? Three and a um, half. Three and a half. Yeah. I don't think a four point win is the likely outcome. I think it's either going to be like seven or 10 or they lose the game by a field goal in like right. some heartbreaking fashion. So yeah. that's probably my, my fi- feel on this, but to be honest, just from an objective standpoint of talent for talent, Purdue is not in the same caliber of talent as Penn State. It's just there's wonky stuff that happens when you go on the road in your opening game against um, a division against opponent. A conference opponent. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, just remember, like last year, Minnesota gave Ohio State a really good game because um, wonky stuff can happen. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I still like it, and I'm still I'm still going. I'm not with telling it. you to not no, like I know. it. I'm just telling. I'm trying um, to lay out. You're telling our people, our listeners. Um, I've also got a Friday I'm night on. play. Um, should I go ahead and do that too? Yeah, hit hit the Friday night. I'm going Illinois. Um, what's the best number I can get? I found plus three um, at plus Indiana, um, and I honestly, three. I honestly think plus three. I honestly think um, Illinois is the better team here. <laughs> uh, I thought they looked really, really good last week against Wyoming. Granted, Wyoming's not that good. Um, but I, I like Illinois. I think they have, uh, you know, the, the change at offensive coordinator, I think, is significant. They're going to try to increase that pace of play. Travis was talking about this a bunch in a text thread as well, uh, just looking at how they've really... Um, hit the tempo button here. And I just don't think Indiana is all that good. I think Indiana is uh, that, that one season they had what two years ago, I think is a massive outlier. I don't think they're I'm going to be able to hang here. So I think the wrong team is favored, uh, but I don't, I didn't want to go money line here. I, I want the three points because that is significant. And uh, I'll put one unit on Illinois plus three. I had this game as a pass because I had, Indiana as a two and a half point favorite. Okay. Yeah. That's... So I think it'll be a close game. I think you'll probably sweat a little bit, but if Indiana, I mean, it's hard to judge because we, I think we may find out that this Wyoming team kind that they played last week um, is very, truly, very bad. was truly atrocious. So if, if we do find that out, then yeah, we may have to reevaluate a little bit our opinion of, in, of Illinois, but right now I think you're probably, in a decent spot. I mean, on a neutral field, I would favor um, Illinois. These two teams are very close to me. Right. All right. What's uh, what's a play you want to start with? Make plays. God, I just <laughs> want to start with my semi-exotic. It's not Do exotic it. at all. Okay. So uh, we all know that Utah State's not very good. They they were supposed to go in there and destroy UConn. And to be honest, that game was just a sweat. Like they they did not they didn't run away and hide against a UConn team, which is not good at football. Um, so you know the best way to bounce back from a game where you were underwhelming? Go play the best team of the last yeah. decade. Um, Don't have a bus failure and not be able to get to the stadium. Yeah, so <laughs> th- this Alabama team, um, I think people are gonna realize by about week five is the best team we've seen in a while. Um, 
they are head and shoulders above almost everyone. I think I think Ohio State talent for talent can hang, but I I think that they're I have a gap of three to four points between them, and then I have a nine point gap to third. So, um, they're I think that they're kind of in a league of their own. So, I'm gonna just. Uh, the only concern I have in this game is that they're going to that Alabama is going to run up the score and then run the ball. So I would say if you're watching the clock on this one, this will be a fast game. Um, so I'm going to say that I'm taking the first half. Um, Alabama first halves against non-conference opponents has historically been a pretty strong play. They've won their last three games. Uh, I think they've won four out of their last six. It, it tends to be a pretty strong play because Alabama just goes in like – runs up the score early and is pretty comfortable from that point on. So they may coast. So I'm a little bit hesitant to go all the way up to 40. I think it's 41 and a half, not touching that, but give me Alabama minus 27 in the first half against Utah state. Um, you do have to pay a little bit of juice cause it's at minus one fifteen right now, but I will do that for a just straight one unit play. Um, I'll do my, my like, I have a play on that game too. Oh, you do? Yeah. I want the over 62 and a half. Um, I think that you're absolutely right. Alabama is going to get up big and, and fast. (laughs) I think they could, they could maybe get the 62 and a half. Well, they probably will get 63 on their own, not a half point. That would be crazy. But Utah state's offense, um, they have a good pass offense. I I could see them putting up uh, a, a few scores here, meaning we'd only need about 40 from Alabama. And I don't think that'll be a problem at all. So I have one unit. Uh, and minus 105 on the over 62 and a half. I do like that. You um, should do a same game parlay. No. <laughs> so they're correlated. I, just, I feel like I need to tell our listeners every, every opportunity I get, there is a reason why sports books love to offer you odds on parlays. And they love to tell you about doing parlays. They will hit sometimes. And when they hit, they will feel very nice. But just remember, Vegas has a lot of money for a reason. Well, by that <laughs> logic, we shouldn't be betting on any of these games. Yeah, but there are other edges. <laughs> um, we say that you and I were both like pushing even at the end of the year last year. So I know, I know. Um, all right, I've got one line that makes no sense to me. Ooh, I love um, those. I'm curious if you can explain this line to me. Why is Coastal Carolina only laying two points against Army? I know you, you pointed this one out to me earlier. Did you chat? will leave. I, I didn't Did actually respond. To, I didn't respond because I was busy opening up my app and betting it. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I, I can't figure it out. You talk. And while you're doing that, I'll try to come up with a reason why so, uh, to fade this pick. Grayson McCall had a like 98th percentile passing season last year. That offense has been pretty consistent for the last few years. They return key elements across the board. Um, Let me quickly just look at my returning numbers on them. Uh, I mean, they, they did have a negative returning production adjustment. However, they had one over the last three years, their weighted average offense is one of the best in the country. It's a, it's like one point off a perfect score, which is super fun. Yeah. They're really good. And Army is um, not very good. Um, I think this line should be 10 plus. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't I don't know how to justify this, and I'm getting minus one oh five on it, which means that in they the more likely outcome they're predicting is either coastal wins by one or army wins outright. So yeah, yeah, I'm laying two units down on this because I, I pretty much don't see a way where coastal fail like the, the concern obviously is is Coastal going to be able to defensively handle a triple option? And I think the bigger question I have is, is Coastal ever going to get stopped? And if they don't get stopped, they're going to get enough stops against Army. So yeah, two units, um, if for no other reason, then they are a way more talented team. So yeah, give me that one. There you go. Um, So just a little history here. Maybe this is why the number is where it is. Uh, Army are 5-1 and one straight up in their last six games. Meanwhile, Coastal Carolina is 1-6 and six against the spread in their last seven. Oh, I don't, I don't nothing, nothing care that about one. that. <laughs> um, so nothing I, that changed. I, uh, I played this in real life with you uh, when you told me about it. I don't have it as a best bet because I feel like I was stealing from you because I didn't find it on my own. Um, but well, I don't have any more units to play. That's so... Good. I do like it. I did put two of my real life units on it. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm there with you. I'll go to my two unit play on the week. Um, and it's something that I'm very excited about because, uh, as you know, there's a few teams that I just like to fade. Uh, and one of them is playing this week and that's UMass. UMass is one in five against the spread in the last six games. They are absolutely atrocious. Speaking of coastal, uh, Coastal beat them 53-3 to um, last year, right around this time. Uh, so they're a very bad team. And while Tulane is not like a world beater in and of himself, I do think they have a good enough offense that they can put up the required points necessary, uh, which is 28. So minus 28 is a number. It's a big number, and I'm confident Tulane will deliver what they need to do. So I'm at minus I'm at two units on this play. Minus 28, and the juice is minus 110. So, I mean, Don Brown is an upgrading coach for UMass, but it's not, I don't think it's enough to magically turn around this Tulane or, or turn around this UMass team quickly. Um, they're going to blitz a whole lot. That's pretty much the only thing I can say about this UMass team is I know that their new defensive scheme is going to blitz a whole lot more, um, which they'll probably need. But Tulane's offense is super creative and you need a fair bit of talent because they're not going to get out coached on that side of the ball. I don't see a situation where Tulane isn't able to score a whole lot. And even if Tulane's defense is just generally, it's pretty subpar. I don't think any, like there's a huge backlash on that. Uh, <laughs> I don't see a uh, situation where they're going to struggle to consistently make stops against a UMass team. That's going to just be not good. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, I like the play. I'm. You're very rarely going to see me put down multiple unit bets on um, Tulane <laughs> on Tulane. Um, well, on on minus twenty eight point line. So, yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, I, I did this last week too with UConn. I, I'm a I'm I'm a, a sick 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 human being. Well, you you like betting big favorites, and that's yeah, fair. I respect I it. It's um, fun. <laughs> so. I'm with you. I think I, my numbers have that one. I'm thinking I'm with you on it. I can't find it quickly. Yeah, it's not worth searching. 
I don't have it up in front of me and I'm not going to search very hard. Um, but I think I'm with you on it or at a minimum, I have it as a pass, but it's not one where I'm like saying, go bet the underdog. So, yep, I like it. Um, I've got another two unit play. Uh, if you haven't been, if you've been not really listening this off season, you may not realize that I am a very big fan of this NC state team. I think they have the third best quarterback in next year's, uh, in next year's draft. I think they have, um, most of their production returning. They are among the highest in returning production. If I recall correctly. Yeah. They have a, a rate. The maximum score you can have on my returning production adjustment is 12. They have 10. Um, the only concern with them is they're not really going to run a high powered offense where they're going to try and run the score up, but their defense is going to be significantly better in the trenches than an overmatched in Eastern Carolina team. I understand 11 and a half points is a lot. I'll be honest. I think this line is off by more than a touchdown. Um, so I'm a little bit surprised by the initial read of it. It is my absolute favorite play of the week. Um, this is where NC state really gets their season rolling. So yeah, give me, give me NC state minus 11 and a half at Eastern Carolina. And this is a heated rivalry game too. Um, so especially for East Carolina, but I, I think one of those teams really, really feels that rivalry. Yeah. Um, but I do think because of that, NC state isn't going to hold back, <laughs> you know, like they're going to try to punch him uh, right in the mouth. I will say of the, the, so Travis and I were looking into this a little bit today and it was, they really don't run up the score, but if you're going to bet on them running up the score, the teams they have historically put up larger um, margins of victory tend to be non-conference opponents. So yeah, I, I like this spot. I have a question for you. Where do I you have answer. North Texas in your power ratings? Probably higher than you think. They were not, not very good last year. Um, yeah. And SMU was a team I really, really enjoyed watching. SMU was absolutely um, a, a barn burner of a team to watch. Now, here's what I am nervous about. I told you I don't let uh, trends kind of dictate my choices too much, but... SMU are one and four in their last five games against the spread. Um, now those games were to like Cincinnati, Memphis, Houston, um, very, very good team. So like, I, I get it, but I don't put North Texas at that same level and the line is minus 11. Uh, so I like that. So I'm going to go with the Mustangs. I think Tanner Mordecai and company um, are able to put up a bunch of points and uh, I don't think North Texas can hand handle it. I think SMU wins by, um, by uh, 13, 14 points. So, uh, I like this play quite a bit. So I'm going to put one unit on SMU minus 11. North Texas is my 69th ranked team. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, I did, I, they have pretty decent metrics in just like generic offense defense. Um, are they probably a little bit higher than I would, <laughs> feel comfortable betting yeah they're a team i probably need to ban down a little bit because their s&p plus score is much much lower um but smu is my 30th ranked team i i'm still with you on this play um 11 points is probably a pretty reasonable number i think 13 to 14 points is very feasible yeah uh i i i, I liked smu i mean everyone talks about we talked about nebraska earlier like 
They were so much better than their record. To me, SMU was another one of those teams that I felt like they were better than their record. Uh, now, hopefully, they can get some stops on defense. Uh, that that might be where this one gets a little bit uh, a little bit tricky. All right, let's hear uh, your next favorite one on the week. I got an underplay because I'm <laughs> it's me. Um, Cincinnati and Arkansas. Arkansas was a little bit more explosive last year. They started to like actually be able to score some points in some games, but they're really still playing a relatively low paced offense there. Um, they're going to rely mostly on KJ Jefferson more. I would genuinely say I don't expect him to be um, a 300 yard game passer. I think he's probably going to be living in that 200 yard range with some rushing production and they're going to try and run the ball because they do have a couple of pretty reasonable running backs in that, that backfield in, I think it's Raheem Sanders um, and I think Dominique Johnson are their two starting running backs. Um, and Cincinnati is replacing their starting quarterback, their starting running back, and their starting wide receiver. Um, I I think that they are going to lean on Corey Kiner as their running back option, and they haven't named a starting quarterback yet. But if it does turn out to be if it's Ben Bryant, I think that he's a low upside guy that's just going to be kind of a game manager. If it's Evan Prater, he's going to be a guy that tries to win games with his legs. In both of those scenarios, I see UC playing a little bit more of a conservative style of offense rather than trying to win games in the 30s. So if UC is going to be continuing their recent success, they're going to have to win games on good coaching and their defense. And obviously they did lose two um, NFL draft, um, defensive backs, but they're still a very, like the core of their defense, um, from a coaching staff perspective is still remaining. So while I do think Cincinnati is going to take a step back from last year, I think that they're not, I, I have them as, to be honest, a slight favorite in my numbers, um, compared to this Arkansas team, but I feel a little bit more comfortable assuming that this is going to turn into a bit of a rock fight of a game. And for that reason, I'm going to take under 52 because I think you're going to get a game that's more like, like I think 28 to 21 is about the ceiling for what this game gets to scoring wise. Yeah, I was working on my DFS article and I was writing about KJ Jefferson as a fade for me this week. And um, that's because this Cincinnati defense is is really, really good. Uh, They uh, allowed um, less than a touchdown per game in the air uh, only twice last year did a quarterback throw for more than 250 yards. And while KJ Jefferson is also very good um, as a runner, uh, the Bearcats did not allow more than 29 rushing yards in a game to any quarterback last season. Now they did let that 29 number twice, but I do not think that uh, KJ Jefferson is going to be able to break out and have this massive game. And because of that, I think the, uh, the scoring will be down. So I'm totally with you on the under. I don't, I, ha- I don't have it as a best bet, but I do uh, I do agree with this take. While I generally agree with everything about their defense, it is worth noting, at least in the passing numbers, um, Jefferson may find a little bit more success and teams may find a little bit more success if only because um, the Bearcats did lose Kobe. <laughs> well, they lost Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. So right. both of those guys are now NFL players. So And they did lose their, their defensive backs coach is now the defensive backs coach at Ohio State. And Ohio State's former defensive coordinator is now the defensive backs coach. It was weird. That was a yeah. weird switch, but um, I think that I think that defense is still going to be really well coached and really I well think organized. So, so I that I think the low scoring is probably the outcome in that game. Um, yeah, 
I, I was actually, I, I did have it as a potential play. I was leaning Arkansas minus six, but I, I took it off the board. I just didn't feel comfortable enough. There's too much unknown about this Cincinnati team for me to want to bet against them. Had you put that on the board, I would have played UC, UC plus six. Yeah, just for a little fight action. I like well, it's that. That's, I, it's, it's what my, it is a recommended play in my thing. I just am uncomfortable betting with that big of an unknown right now until we see what, particularly who is the starting quarterback for Cincinnati. Because right. until I get an answer on that, I'm very confused. Um, all right. Uh, I've got one more multi unit play left yes. on my board and it's one and three quarter units and it's because i have a quarter unit play because it's a pure heart play because i i'm scared um but my one and a quarter unit play is byu i've talked about them a fair bit this offseason i think byu is so good they're literally i i've tweaked these numbers i've i've messed around with it to try and like lower them i do think byu's defense is going to be um kind of questionable at times this year but and i think they've generally been fairly questionable but they're returning a whole lot of production um they still have jaron hall um they brought in puka or i don't remember if puka nakua was there or if he just transferred in this he, he was there last year too okay so i've got puka nakua they've got viable options on offense and they're going to be able to score points and like is anyone really buying that central i mean that south florida's a can like really a close contender in this game um I don't. I think this is one of those like we saw early a few years ago where BYU just kind of went and destroyed teams early. I think this is one of those games where people um, maybe get a slightly inflated view, or if they're meeting where I'm at right now, a correct view of what BYU has the potential to be. Because I think they're going to go out and put down like a potentially like a 30 point win on a very mediocre to bad um, South Florida team. I this is boring content, but I completely agree. I actually have it um, on my board as well. I had it at minus eleven. Looks like you have it at minus twelve. Um, Let's see if I can find it. Uh, so we just might have to see which number we're taking. But I'm with you. I think BYU is way better. And like to your point um, about uh, the receiving, uh, like like Puka Nakua, uh, he led the team in receiving yards and and touchdowns last year. He he's phenomenal. Gunnar Romney is starting to get healthy again. He he should see some playing time. Uh, this are you laughing at Gunnar Romney? Come on I now. Am, but the best number we can get is eleven and a half right now. Okay, we split it right there. Minus split eleven, and, 11 and, a half. and a half. Let's do um, this. But but I'm on it too. I think this. I think it'll be interesting to see. Like I'm, I'm actually excited to see what BYU does at running back. Um, I think it's Christopher Brooks might be their guy. He transferred over from Cal. Um, he could have a really big year. Curious to see what they do there with Algier uh, going pro. Um, but I like this one again uh, quite a bit. I don't think Jerry Bohannon uh, is enough of a talent is, to... He's, uh, he's not the truth. No. I think it's great that he's in South Florida. That's fantastic. Um, and we know we like a Zhao a Zhao. But uh, I was trying to figure out a way to get them in my DFS lineup. And I just couldn't do it. I just don't see uh, them being competitive in this match. So... I'm definitely with you on this. I've got a unit on BYU um, now, thanks to you. Instead of minus eleven, it's minus eleven and a half. Man. I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to matter. <laughs> no, I, 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 like I said, I think this is going to be one where um, the score gets put up a lot. Um, all right, I'm going to talk about this one. App State plus one and a half. Um, 
This line has moved so much this week. Is North Carolina good? I don't know. (laughs) They they play okay against a a Florida Florida A&M team, but they still had their starters in in the fourth quarter against Florida A&M in what can only be described as a pure tune-up game. They still had their starters in in the fourth quarter, and I understand that maybe you want to get some extra reps for Drake May because he isn't, um, he's never played before. But I'm sorry, that's it's moderately concerning if you can't put up a fairly meaningful sized win against the Rattlers. Um, so I, I think that uh, Appalachian State is a slight favorite in this game. I I looked at the money line on it, but to be honest, I'm only getting plus 100. So give me the lose by one and still catch a win um, situation here. Um, But I've got Appalachian State plus one and a half in this game. Um, You can still get that number over at uh, DraftKings. And I had it at minus 115, but it looks like it's at minus 110 now. So I'm pretty happy on that one. I mean, the game opened at three and a half and has shifted as far down as uh, one and a half, and there are books right now posting it at half a point. Um, I've seen them, yeah, pickums. I've seen pickums too. Uh, there is at least one sports book posting Appalachian State as a one point favorite. I think last week was concerning for enough people that, um, yeah, North Carolina isn't, they don't have Sam Howell. And I think that if you were just quickly thinking that Drake May was going to be a, a easy replacement, Sam Howell. Um, you should be a little bit concerned. So, yep. Give See, me, give me. I well, while I agree with much of what you said, I don't think it's because of Sam Howell and Drake May because Sam Howell was struggling with this team too. I think this defense is atrocious. I think the wide receivers outside of Downs are nothing spectacular yet. Their running backs are young. That being said, I think UNC scores a bunch this this week. I think they'll score. I don't think. Scoring won't be their problem. I just don't know if they can stop anyone. So I'm not going to fight you on this. I think App State uh, very well may win this game outright. Like you said, there are books that have them as favorites. But I'm not concerned about the offense. I mean, last week, um, Drake May, I know it was Florida A&M, but he threw five touchdown passes. I mean, mm-hmm. the dude the dude looked good. Um, so I'm not concerned about the offense, but the defense, man, oof, terrifies me. Yeah. Um. I'm with you. I mean, I generally agree. I just, I think that Appalachian State is one of those, they've become a system. They've like, it doesn't, it recently, it really doesn't matter who the coach is because every coach is just taking over infrastructure. And that team has among the best infrastructure of any group of five team. And I just, I I think this is a spot where they're going to go out there at home and just, I think they pick off a team that isn't as good as maybe they should be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Ohio state. Cause we both have it. Yeah. That's uh... so I talked about this game earlier. I think Ohio state needs to really kind of, they need to prove that they're different than they were last year. And when I say need to prove, I think it's for their own, for their own team building um, this entire off season. Ohio State has been dealing with the label of they are too soft, they're too finesse, they're not able, they're going to str- consistently struggle with teams that are just going to beat them in the trenches. 
to the point where they made um, they made a point of making their strength and conditioning a focal point of the offseason. They brought in a completely new defensive staff. Um, and they are sort of a lot of what they they're like they were building on the last season um, is kind of taking a step back. Um, and they're really just built focusing on we need to regain the Ohio State toughness. So I think it'll be an interesting thing to watch from them is are they back to being tough? Um, I threw air quotes on that. It's really great to do air quotes in a podcast format. Um, but I think it'll be a uh, it, it's something to watch for them. So I, I do think so in my own numbers and in if you look at most of the like power rating numbers that are available right now, uh, like I've said, Alabama's kind of in their own tier. They're three to four points above everyone else. But then there's Ohio State because from a talent perspective um, and from their returning production on the offensive side of the ball, there is a gap between them and everyone else. So this is a true national, quote unquote, national championship window for this Ohio State team. And so for them in this game, it's got to be, I think it is It is going to be very telling if they go out and stop the run early and Notre Dame is not a sta- able to establish a running game then I think you're looking at a potential national championship contender. I'll take a step back and say, if it looks like the Oregon game where Notre Dame is able to pick insert running play here and find endless success with it. um, Then I think there's real concerns about this Ohio state team and there's going to have to be significant adjustments to power ratings because if they end up like last year where they have a historically great offense and a bad defense, um, they're, they're not going to be a national championship team. And so that's, I, while it's, it, it's so, it seems so rash to make snap judgment like this on week one, but the truth is this is the spot where they have to go out and show something because it's here, it's Michigan, it's Wisconsin. Those are going to be the only teams that have enough talent to potentially be able to exploit that on their schedule. So, But Ohio State will have a lot of time. If they do struggle, they will have a lot of time to get things right. Oh, um, and I never mentioned it through the entire thing, but I'm putting a quarter unit on Ohio <laughs> State minus 17 because this is this is heart. I need, I'm back. I will go financially make a play on Ohio State just so I can have a backing on this team. I think this team does have the upside um to be a national championship team and so my favorite play on it is to just straight up back them at 17 um yeah so my favorite play in this game is i mean i i agree with you that the the question marks are on the defense can they stop the run but i do not have questions about ohio state's offense i also don't think ohio state wants to play a game where they leave the door even slightly open for notre dame so i see them trying to get up in a hurry I want the first half team total. I'm taking over 20 and a half for Ohio State. I only need three first half touchdowns. I think I think that's no problem at all. I've got a unit on it, and it's a plus plus play. It's on DraftKings at plus 115. Highly recommend you uh, think about it at the very least because uh, uh, I've got a play there. Um, I've still got three other plays. You've still got one. One of mine is kind of a silly play, but it's my favorite. Um, so I'll do, I'll do, uh, my, my other, my final full unit play and I'm taking Ole Miss minus 21 and a half versus Troy. Um, Troy struggles against the run mightily and many people forget not 
our listeners, Matt, because we talk about it all the time. But Lane Kiffin loves to run the football. Last year, they were ranked 10, 10th in the nation in rushing yards, um, averaging 200 and, just under 220 rushing yards a game. Uh, Troy is susceptible. Is that the word? E, that's a tough one. Um, to the run, I think Ole Miss gets up uh, pretty comfortably and just continues to run it out. They have so many good running backs. I mean, we've talked about Zach Evans a bunch on this show. We also like Ulysses Bentley. I will miss him not playing for SMU. But when those are your one, two backs, I mean, I'm excited to see what this team can do. I know that we don't know if it's Altmeyer or uh, Jackson Dart uh, at QB there. I don't really care. As long as they hand it off to our boy, Jackson Zach, we're going to – do we know that officially? No. Because as of be yesterday, Jackson. yeah, of course it it's going to be. Or. Yeah. It said or on there. Let's just be clear. Luke Altmeyer is, is a good quarterback. Jackson Dart is a better quarterback. It's going yeah. to be Jackson Dart. It may even not better. be fully him this week, but it's going to be Jackson Dart. Even be- even better. Um, yeah, I, I just think this is not much of a sweat at all. I know it's a big number, but 21 and a half. Let's go, baby. I'm not scared. I did have this on my preferred plays to fight you, um, but I didn't. I'm not going to uh, go against you. I don't know. I, Ole Miss is just not a team. My... I. I've consistently been low on Ole Miss. Um, and it's mostly just because I they're not good enough defensively. They're just not. And all their firepower on offense is great, but they're just not good enough on defense to hold back teams from covering on them in a backdoor cover situation. And that's my concern here. Is let's say they do go up and get sit there and coast at like 28 points up. They're just not good enough defensively where I'm going to sit there and feel confident that they're going to hold a 28-point lead. And Troy's not good. They're not like this team that's really anything special. But they're stout enough on defense. They're going to get enough stops to just make it close-ish. And they do return a fair amount. So, yeah, I, it just that this one makes me nervous. This is another one where it's it's probably a banding issue for me, and it's a, that's a big reason why is Troy should probably be pushed down probably four or five points just in pure adjustment based on keeping um, like uh, like conference teams similar or within a range. So I'm nervous for this one for you, but at the same time, I would not step up to the window and take Troy. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, you've got one play left. I actually like this one quite a bit. So... Not necessarily. I don't actually know where I land on this game, so I'm excited to hear you talk about it because I've been going back and forth figuring out what I think is going to happen. So I'm excited to hear you break it down a bit. Here's my breakdown of it. Boise State's a pretty quality team. They've been a pretty quality team for year over year. They have um, good returning production. Nothing super special, but that team is just... They're more talented than most group of five teams should be. And... They run infrastructure. Um, It's one of the, like, I think people sort of um, assume like certain teams are maybe more talented than they should, than they actually are because they win in spite of their talent. Boise has just been an infrastructure one, similar to like an app state. They just consistently go out there and have been a well-organized, 
I don't want to say franchise because that makes it sound pro, but whatever. We'll stick with franchise. They're just well, it's a been a well-run program for the last few or decade. Um, Oregon State, I, I like Oregon State. I think they're a very good team. But I'm not sure why Oregon State's a favorite in this game. Um, my numbers would have a uh, would have Boise State as a slight favorite. So the fact that I'm catching three points, even though I have to pay a little bit of juice at minus 120, I'm willing to do that for a team that I just think is better right now because Oregon State's another one of those teams. Yeah, their offense has been incredibly strong for the past few years, but at the same time, their defense has been a little bit weak. So I I would assume that Boise State is going to be able to do what they want on offense and they're just, I don't know, system that's in place is going to be good enough to keep Oregon from or Oregon State from scoring enough to win. It's it's not really great analysis. It's just really for me, it's Boise State's a good team and they've been a good team. Do I think they're gonna be this the team that's gonna be the representative in, from the group of five on New Year Six? No, I don't. I think there are better teams out there this year, but I also think that it won't shock me if they win 10 games because they just consistently can do that. So yeah, this one's a little bit gut feely to me, which is not usually my thing. It's gut feely and trusting my numbers. So I'm trusting my numbers here. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. I think, you know, Oregon state finally go into a bowl game. Boise state had a bit of a down year. I think that plays into it, but historically, um, Boise State feels like a better team to me uh, than 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 Oregon State does. So um, I, I, I'm with you there. Um, not going to bet it myself, uh, but I do like it. I do have uh, I have half a unit. Oh no, I have two half unit plays left. Um, I'm going to do a half unit on Houston minus four at UTSA. I like Houston an awful lot. You were talking about like a non power what power five school making a. Making a, a bid for the play. being a yeah. yes, thank you. Uh, Houston to me would be uh, one of the one of the teams that have on a short list for that. I think they're very very good. Um, Dell is just a phenomenal wide receiver. I think Tune is a good enough quarterback. I think their defense is absolutely a, a outstanding. Uh, UTSA has lost a little bit of production, so Houston minus four is a play for me. Don't love it though. So I mean, I don't love it as much as the other play. So it's a half unit play for me. My other half unit play is a is uh kind of like a alt line special for me i'm going byu minus six we talked about byu we both have them as a best bet um i have nc state i put them pulled them down a minus five and a half so i have a feeling you'll like that one as well boston college money line versus rutgers rutgers is terrible in their last 10 games they only they didn't score over 16 points in one game in their last 10 so uh boston college returns a Yurkovic, which I think is a big deal. Um, Bill Garrow, the third, is someone that we like a lot as well. And then finally, um, money line on Tulsa over Wyoming, a Wyoming team that was absolutely atrocious last week. Um, I got this line earlier in the week at minus four and played that one. It's up to minus six. I just figured I'd add them in here in the money line. So it's BYU minus six, Tulsa money line, NC State minus five and a half, and BC money line. And the odds for that are 306, half unit. I love it. I love that play. <laughs> so I will say it, one, the 
one of your plays that I do want to make a point of talking about is that uh, Houston minus four against UTSA. I do think there's going to be an immediate reaction to that to think of how good this UTSA team was last year. Um, but that was a lot based on sincere McCormick. Right. And he's is, gone. Who's gone. Um, and yes, I think Frank Harris is capable of being a um, quality enough quarterback for them to keep them good. But Houston has a defensive coordinator by the name of Doug Belk, who I think is a an all, even though he is a name that's been brought up for bigger positions, I think he's still even underrated now. Um, and I think he's going to be one of their keys to their success this year. He's very good at um, elevating the team as a whole. So I, I would expect Houston to continue to be one of the better defensive teams in the country this year. I like this number a lot. I would probably play Houston all the way up to like seven. I'd probably still feel comfortable rolling with Houston. So I, I really yeah. do like this play. They had a top 10 rush defense last year, um, just from a numbers uh, perspective. So yep. um, I, yeah, I like it a lot. Um, fun. Let's cool. uh, give, give me your quick rundown here and then we'll uh, finish it up with some DFS. All right. So my best bets of the week are, uh, Alabama first half minus 27 NC state minus 11 and a half at ECU for two units. I've got Cincinnati and Arkansas under 52 for a single unit app state plus one and a half against uh, North Carolina BYU minus 11 and a half at USF for one and three quarters units. Yeah. Um, coastal Carolina minus two against army, uh, for two units, Boise state plus three against Oregon state and Ohio state minus 17 hosting Notre Dame for one quarter of a unit. Love it. I've got two units on Tulane minus 28 versus UMass. Illinois plus three at Indiana, SMU minus 11. I've got the over in Alabama, Utah State, over 62 and a half that is. I've got Ole Miss minus 21 and a half versus Troy. Houston minus four at UTSA. I've got BYU minus 11 and a half. I've got the first half team total over 20 and a half for Ohio state. I've got Penn state minus three and a half at Purdue. And then I have that little parlay that we talked about uh, before with NC state minus five and a half BYU minus six, and then BC and Tulsa on the money line. All right, let's do it. D F S. All right, let's, let's get started here. Um, I already mentioned uh, KJ Jefferson as a fade for me, so uh, I'm not playing him. We were talking about Drake May, though. Uh, he is a quarterback that I'm very interested in because he's only 7,100, so he's pretty inexpensive when you look at a lot of the different quarterbacks, so he is definitely um, a, a quarterback I'm looking at. We also talked about... Um, oh, we didn't talk about Michigan. Michigan's a 30-point favorite. Yet their starting quarterback is priced at only six thousand four hundred dollars. So just a couple of uh, exciting plays um, to to think about as you're uh, building your your squad. But um, I'd love to hear uh, some of your thoughts. Oh, the other big newsworthy item is um, Amarian Hampton, who went off last week for a hundred yards and two touchdowns for North Carolina. He's priced at only three thousand um, bucks. So they have the other running backs priced more than him. I think British Brooks or whatever his name is, who's injured, is also priced as much as him. So th those those are a couple of uh, of build uh, of players that I like to kind of look at and build around. But 
I'm curious uh, where where you're thinking, who you're looking at with uh, some of these plays. So Kentucky made it impossible for me to actually enter lineups. So I, but I did put one together. Um, as I mentioned, I think Jaron Hall and BYU are, are really big plays in order to get a little bit of value out of that. Um, I did stack him with Puka Nakua. Um, I, did, I did that too. Kind of felt like it was a necessary one. Um, right now I have Cade McNamara in, but I have a fair bit left over. So I'm going to look at some of the other options on the board because while I do like him, I think there may be other spots worth um, targeting at quarterback um, in your in your super flex spot. Um, but for now, actually, you know what? I'm just throwing Devin Leary in there because I want Devin Leary in my lineup. Um, because we mentioned this earlier, uh, North Carolina's defense is a real struggle. I like Cam Peoples at only 4,900 for Appalachian State. Um, Dante Demas Jr., he's one of my guys. He will always be one of my guys. He is the volume guy for the Maryland offense while Rakeem Jarrett and... Can we, uh, can we talk about that? What? Because... I've I've heard people say that, but um, I know he played. I know he was injured last last year, but yep. he, Raheem Jarrett, led the team in all statistical categories, and yep. I I know Demas. I don't Literally, know. Demas got hurt like the fifth game of the year, and he was like leading the at the time. I think he was near the top of the nation in yards. He's so much more expensive though. Yeah, than Raheem Jarrett. Okay. Um. I, I'm with you on that. I think if you're go, I think if you are trying to keep things a little bit priced down, um, yeah, Demas in five games had 28 receptions, so he was averaging six receptions a game, nearly, a little under six per game. So he averaged over 100 yards a game. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying you need to go put Demas in there. Um, but I think if you're just banking on Rakeem Jarrett, you should notice that he had 62 receptions on the year and more than half of his year was played without Dante Demas. So to me, he's got a little bit of John Mechie vibes to him in the sense that as good as he may be, um, when the team was required to go to him, uh, he still didn't put up huge numbers. So I, I, I am a big fan of get Demas into your lineup at 6,800. He's probably a little bit pricey. Um, and I think if you're getting, uh, if you can't fit them in there, I think, but Buffalo's defense is one that you're going to want to exploit. So getting Rakeem Jarrett is a very viable option. Um, I did, I did put Nathan Dell in there. As we mentioned, he's going to be one of the most productive receivers in the country. Um, and I put Pat Garwo in there from BC. Um, so a quick rundown, I've got Jaron Hall, Cam Peoples, Omarion Hampton, Dante Demas, Nathan Dell, Puka Nakua, Pat Garwo, and Devin Leary. And to be honest, I don't think this would be a unique lineup. I think you'd actually see a fair number. Uh, like, I, I think I went very chalky with this. Uh, you did mention a lot of guys that I have coming up in the article. Um, Dell is one of the guys that I, I, I talk about. Garwo is another guy that I talk about in the article. Yeah. They're, they're not... Any- I guess is there a fade that you? Um, I'll go over my. Yeah. Well, we talked about it already. Stetson Bennett being the highest priced player on the on the week is is absurd. Uh, mm-hmm. He may produce, but you shouldn't be paying nine thousand four hundred dollars to find out. Um, I I do not like that play at all. I'm also not a big fan of at running back DJ Jones for UNC priced at seven thousand dollars. He's the most expensive running back 
yeah. uh, yet <laughs> I don't think he's going to produce all that much. Um, this one might be a little bit uh, controversial, um, but I'm telling people to fade UTSA's Zachary Franklin. He was amazing last year. 81, recept- 81 receptions, 1,027 yards, 12 touchdowns. But we talked about how good Houston's defense is. I just think they shut him down. Uh, so I think he might have decent numbers, but when you're when you're paying seven and a half thousand dollars, I'd rather go with some of the guys that that you were talking about. Even like Nathaniel Dell is only three hundred dollars more. Uh, to me, it's just um, it's just too expensive. Yeah, I think if you are sitting there looking at Zakari Franklin and you have a build that has like Demas in it, um, it's worth pivoting off of Franklin to get up to Dell. And then potentially pivot down off Demas to get to Rakeem Jarrett. I think that's so, probably so. That's kind of what I did. I'll I'll read my bill to you because I did that. I didn't do it with Dell. I did it with Josh Downs, um, but I did go with Rakeem Jarrett from that because I did want to exploit that Maryland team. I mean that Buffalo defense. So let me start. I've got um my starting quarterback is is May. Uh, we talked about him already, uh, but I w- I actually was very impressed with um with Drake May. I thought he had an absolutely Phenomenal game. The other quarterback I'm going with in my super flex is Jaron Hall, uh, who you already talked about. He was he was very, very good. And South Florida gave up 472 passing yards and four and a half touchdowns. I mean, 472 total yards and four and a half touchdowns per game. Um, they, uh, they're not a good defense. Buffalo is going to give up a lot of points. Uh, the implied point total in BYU's game is 34 and a half. Um, I think they easily hit 35 points. Uh, so, so I like those two quarterbacks. My running backs, I am going with Zach Evans, who we talked about a little bit a little bit earlier. I love him so much. Troy uh, was was pretty terrible against running backs last year, and we do know that Lane Kiffin loves to run the ball. I actually, if 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 Bentley was a little bit cheaper, I may have used him as a pivot play. Uh, but to me, I, I'd rather just spend up for the for the main back there. Uh, and then I'm going with Hampton, who we mentioned already at three thousand. That just seemed. Uh, like an like a smash, uh, Josh Downs at eight thousand two hundred, Puka Nakua to uh, attach to Jaron Hall at five thousand seven hundred, and then I'm going with Stewart from Texas A and M, the uh, phenom freshman. I'm excited to see him play and against Sam Houston State. Uh, Sam Houston State is actually surprisingly decent against the run, so I do think that Evan Stewart has the opportunity. I think they want to get him going. He's looked really really good in camp. And uh, we should expect so after being the highest ranked uh, receiver in, in this class. Um, and then finally, uh, Rakeem Jarrett, who I mentioned earlier, who, man, I really hope he uh, doesn't make me look foolish after we've talked about Dante uh, Demas and him so much in the last five minutes. I mean, I think Rakeem Jarrett's really good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to um, downplay him. I just, I think Dante Demas was, had he not gotten injured last year, he would have been one of the first eight receivers taken last year in the NFL draft. Um, I think he was having that kind of a year. He was putting it all together. Um, he's already had, a, I think he's had two break or two seasons that would qualify as a breakout. Um, he's really, really good. And he is the guy that gets the volume. So um, if you're trying to compare raw stats with him, yeah, you're going to see that uh, Rakeem Jarrett outdid him last year. The, the issue with it is just, one of them played five games. One of them played 13. So, Right. Uh, two pivot plays I wanted to talk about. One is Donovan Edwards. I think Blake Corum goes off this, off this week. But Donovan Edwards is only 5000 bucks. He uh, He's going to be involved in the pass 
game as well. He actually led, uh, well, he had he didn't lead the team, but he had more receptions than Corum uh, despite despite playing in fewer games. Uh, last year, we saw um, both Corum and Hassan Haskins both averaged more than 14 touches per game. So uh, Donovan Edwards getting 14 touches maybe against Colorado State, I think 5000 bucks is a pretty great deal. The other guy, um, not maybe as uh, well-known, but Jake Bobo, uh, he was the leading returner for the uh, Bruins. Uh, excuse me, the leading... UCLA. Yes, the UCLA Bruins. Um, and I think he's worth a look versus a really bad Bowling Green team. Um, yes, Bowling Green is worse against the run than they are about against the pass, but they're bad against both. Um, I wanted to get Dorian Thompson-Robinson in my lineup, but he was very, very expensive. <laughs> so I figured... Um, Jake Bobo gives you an opportunity to play a little bit with uh, UCLA, but um, I do think it's a huge game, but over $9,000 just seemed like a lot. Um, a couple of names I just want to throw out there just to say some stuff about. Um, I, I think you could potentially still get value out of Ulysses Bentley um, as a split role. I don't think there's any reason to think that they're going to go super heavy on one side. Kamani Vidal. Uh, Troy's running back is a really productive back against a Mississippi or a Mississippi team that, as I mentioned, I don't think is particularly special. I, I do think their D line has improved. I'm just going to sure, say but is it going to be good? Mm-hmm. Um, another guy I like a lot was Corey Kiner. Um, he was not super productive for LSU last year, which is keeping his price down, but I don't think he's transferring to Cincinnati without some expectation that he's going to, um, Maybe not start, but he's going to do a, a fair bit of work. Um, Deion Hankins for is UTEP running back against Oklahoma. While I do think Oklahoma's defense is going to be significantly better than it was, he is a volume play, and he's really inexpensive. Um, but I, like you said, I think you get the free space in there with Amara and Hampton. Don't overthink that. He, he is really, really good. Um, one other really inexpensive option that you should – almost assuredly put in your lineup is Michael Trigg, who is technic- who is a tight end, but you can you will play him at wide receiver. He's only 4,600. He's going to be one of the most productive tight ends in the country this year. He was um, very good at USC. He is a very good receiving option, and I think he is going to make um, he's going to make waves this year. So I, I think he's a guy to look at. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Um, I did not make any money in DFS. Well, I made some money, but not with the lineup I submitted on the show. So I made no money in DFS last week for, for the show purposes. Um, but that's okay. Yours mine probably would have hit. Mine, I'm actually really annoyed that I can't play anymore because my lineup last week was pretty strong. So yeah. um, it is what <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the unfortunate, or it's not unfortunate. It's just the reality of college DFS is still not um, legal in every single state in the country. So if you are in a legal state, submit my lineup. Maybe I'll, feel, <laughs> feel I'll, I'll submit it for, for me. I can't give you that'd be illegal. We talked um, about this. Already. I'm not telling you to submit it for me. I'm telling but I want I'll, somebody I'll to submit it. My back. I'll submit it just so that we can see uh, how it does. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. This was your week one uh, show. We're man. I'm ready for some football. I'm really excited to get things started uh, tomorrow night. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm expecting a lot of blowouts um, in the games that we, I think both Ohio State and and uh, Georgia roll. So we'll see if I'm wrong there. But 
needless to say, there's enough fun games on that a couple of blowouts won't ruin the uh, the enjoyment. You have anything you want to leave our listeners with, Matt? I'm Marvin Harrison Jr. All right, thank you all so much. We'll talk to you all next week.